Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May once again, and we're here to cover everything and all things Georgia football recruiting related. You can probably hear the voice is not that strong a little tonight, Jed, so I might need you to put the, put the team on your back, so to speak, help us out here tonight. But, uh, Jed, how you doing, man? Good, man. Pollen, pollen, pollen happens. Pollen happens to everybody. It's like the paraphrase Forrest Gump, pollen happens. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're we're here for it. Nice little par- paraphrase there, but um, we for sure have a lot to cover, including a commitment today for the University of Georgia. Justin Rett, who was formerly committed to Notre Dame, commits to the University of Georgia. He actually decommitted while he was on his visit, an official visit, as it turns out, to Athens. Um, and, you know, within a couple hours of being in the Classic City on that official visit, right when kickoff's about to take off, it comes out that, uh, you know, Justin Rett has decommitted from Notre Dame and didn't take long for us to start getting whispers that it looked like Georgia was going to be the spot. And uh, here's our man Trent joining us. Trent, we're just talking about Justin Rett, man, the commit today. How you doing, Trent? Trent, can you hear us? All right, Trent may not be able to hear us, but we're going to keep talking about Justin Red and the commit. Uh, so, Jed, you know, obviously it looked like that was going to happen for a while. Uh, we were just waiting on them to pull the trigger, and they did today. So, uh, Justin Red, newest Georgia Bulldog commit in the class of 2023. Yeah, spoiler alert, I'm uh, waiting on a call from uh, Mr. Red as we speak, so I might be dropping out here in a minute. But, yeah, um, wasn't necessarily a shock to see him in Athens – for, for G-Day on its face, but like you said, as soon as the decommitment happens while you're in Athens on an official visit, that really raises your eyebrows and started looking around. And like you said, it, it didn't take long to to sort of appear that, that Georgia was the favorite. And here we are nine days later, he drops it in the middle of the day, just like Gabriel Harris, um, you know, right in the middle of the day. So uh, it's a big boost uh, for the secondary because we've talked about, you know, the board has kind of been shifting with Fran Brown coming on and, and there's new names like Daniel Harris, Robert Stafford, um, Georgia's in on Dijon Johnson as well. And then Justin Rett kind of came, it all happened very quickly where, like you said, he, he comes on an official visit and less than, or pretty much a week later, he's, he's in red and black. So a big pickup in the, um, in the 23 class, basically a, what he's number 53 in the nation, I think. So basically a top 50 player. Absolutely. Trent, can you hear us now? You good, man? Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome in, man. We're just talking here about uh, Justin Rett. I know that you've been working on a, a film breakdown and stuff like that. What do you see out of the game of the former Notre Dame commit, now Georgia commit? Uh, I mean, just excellent ball skills. He's got, um, you know, he's he's uh, a man-to-man corner, can, you know, play zone too uh, in his film. But uh, just he's physical. He, he's, uh, uh, you know, a Kirby Smart type of corner um he, he doesn't shy away from contact and uh just an excellent playmaker you know kirby kirby's looking for them guys that that, that are playmakers um you know oftentimes wide receivers in high school as well but um and and Rhett is you know he fits that same mold so um just just a big pickup you know i, I don't was he ranked the number five or six corner in the class i don't even know but uh just you know just after number seven corner in the class. So just after what, what they hauled in last year and then to be able to, to land a, a caliber cornerback like that from uh, across the country this early in the process is a big pickup. Yeah, and, you know, you continue to see Georgia 
And we've even got a question on this to start off with, so we'll 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 get into it a little bit. But Georgia continues, Trent and Jed, just to you know not be uh, scared of going out and getting guys that they that they want of, across the country. You've seen you know on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Darnell Washington and you know Keely Ringo from out in Arizona, and then on defense, and then it brought Bowers another year after that. So. I mean, they're, they're not afraid to go out west. And, of course, uh, Red is from Las Vegas, Nevada. So, Jed, that's just something that, that you see this Georgia staff. They're willing to go anywhere, wherever the talent leads them. Well, and Kendall Milton, too, another California yeah, guy. Yeah, Kendall Milton, for sure. There. And it's it's one of those things where you, you start building this brand the way Kirby Smart has done over these five or six years, or six or seven now he's been in Athens. And you, you can take that brand anywhere, and that's only going to increase now with – um, with, with the national championship, dude. I mean, you keep playing in these games that have these huge exposure and, and everybody watches you. I mean, I've, t- I've talked to several kids and you ask them, yeah, how much did you watch Georgia last year? It's like, well, I really only watched them in the playoffs. Like those games matter um, for recruiting, just playing in a number one and obviously uh, winning in the way Georgia's done. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the national train is really starting to roll when it comes to Georgia recruiting. And I don't expect it to slow down. You saw the same type of exposure after they played in the Rose Bowl from these California mm-hmm. guys, and uh, and it's only built up from there. Uh, you know, you, you landed Kendall Milton after that, and you're starting to you know be a uh, get your name in in Texas, California, and uh, and you know there with, with Fran Brown in town, you're only going to go up to the uh, up towards Maryland and all those states, uh, start having a lot of success there, and they've already had success there, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the national brand's there now. And, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's just going to you know, keep going after these top guys and, and you know, keep, keep landing his handful of guys. And, of course, they've already had a ton of success, you know, in the last few years out of the state of Florida, even even so in the Louis- state of Louisiana. You know, Sean Washington comes in, and, and Patrick Garbin put this out for us. Sean Washington made the fifth guy uh, in Kirby Smart's tenure to be signed by Georgia the I believe since 1939 between 1939 and when Kirby Smart was hired they signed a total of four guys from Louisiana so it's not just out west it's you know going into LSU territory making sure you take care of some of those guys from uh from Florida Miami and and uh Florida State, Florida State's territory, which you know Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal are trying to make that harder these days. But Georgia's definitely able to go in there, and they have that. They, the brand has been strong, but now with the national championship on top of it, you you feel like if you're a Georgia and Jim Donnan says this all the time. He says he said this going in before Georgia ever won the national championship that if you walk into a kid's living room with the G on your chest, you already got a leg up in, in recruiting. So um, it feels like you know th- those guys definitely are are very selective because a lot of times jed it'll it'll be a case and we're going to talk about this uh with the first questions so i don't want to jump it too much but we'll see that some of these guys in the state of georgia or or in close proximity in the southeast maybe that georgia doesn't target heavily early on and some people will be like why but they're they're very selective in who those offers go out to and when yeah and, and this is something trent talked about uh either last week or week before it's it's they want to give these in-state guys chances to come to Athens and camp and get offers. I mean, we've seen that with Jamarian Wilcox has said that. Uh, Jalen Kilgore is another guy in his class that said that. Um, uh, Ian Jaffard, another guy, an offensive lineman, who's been in town a couple of times. So um, I think this staff and, and Trent, you've done this obviously longer than I have. So so 
feel free to weigh in too, but it seems like this staff does a really good job of maintaining these relationships with all these high school staffs, even when there's not necessarily star prospects at these schools. I mean, in that January contact period, I mean, it seemed like they were at every high school in Georgia and we'd be looking up, you know, such and such high school. It's like, oh, there's not really any um, star prospects there. This is just a relationship maintaining trip. So it seems like this Georgia staff does a good job of, of keeping those bonds pretty strong with these high school guys. That's one big thing I noticed when Kirby came, you know, to Athens is, uh, you know, during, during that January period and, uh, you know, and during the spring evaluation period that they're, they're not only going out and visiting, you know, prospects that, that you have any idea who they are, you know, they're going out and visiting uh, these high school coaches, like you said, and they're just building relationships because one day you're going to need that relationship. And, and that, and that is one of the reasons why they build these relationships in the, on the recruiting trail. And now you play the transfer uh, transfer portal. If I finish number two for a guy, Hey, it might be a win in the end. So let's, let's keep on him, uh, you know, and, and keep that relationship good. Uh, like you're like your Travis Hunter or your, your guys like that, that you want to keep that relationship there in case, Hey, if he hits the portal, he's going to be the first person I call. So I'm going to keep that relationship there. And, uh, and, and they've done a great job with relationships. And, and that's one big thing that Kirby builds this uh, rec- recruiting success off is just pure relationships. No doubt. And we're going to have uh, questions that they kind of dovetail into all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to, uh, you know, us to expound too far before we get into those questions. But uh, other than other than the Justin Rett commitment, uh, guys, really, it's just coaches out on the trail uh, right now. Uh, Coach Uzo Deribe was in, in Texas um, today visiting you know, guys all over, uh, I, I believe you, you learned at Del McGee. Where was Del McGee, uh, Jed, that, that you found out with Abrams? Oh, man. Not sure we're not sure we're doing his not doing his homework before he got on the show. Um, but yeah, he was in Florida. He actually extended an offer to this in Florida. Team. I got you in Florida. His name is T- Tawaski Abrams out of yeah, class uh, of 2024, Acre, Florida, which is, I believe, is where Richard Young is. I don't think it's the same high school, but the same area. Um, that Richard no, Young is from. Yeah, same same area so, for sure. Um, kids listed as a receiver, I think they might be looking at him as a defensive back. He ran a 10-6 in the 100 um, wow. earlier this year, so he's got uh, got some good speed. Not quite Anthony Evans' speed, but uh, good speed nonetheless. Yeah, that that's another piece of news we can touch on. Anthony Evans decommitted from Arkansas, uh, got in touch with Anthony you know, he's been building a relationship with Brian McClendon. The two are talking every day on a daily basis. They're, they're talking, have been for quite a while now. And when it comes to Anthony Evans, he can just absolutely fly a train. It's that difference-making type speed, 10-2-7 in the 100-meter. Um, de- you know, decommitted from Arkansas, has his official visit set for Georgia uh, June 10th. So it seems like Anthony Evans is right up there at the very top of the receivers at Georgia is – pursuing right now yeah uh you, you know we talked before you you bring in these these speedsters and, and you know anthony evans is, is outstanding watching this film but you bring in all these speedsters and you know two or three of them are going to work out and that's what alabama's done you know they've they've built that roster with just pure speed and you know every it, you know you'll have two or three of them work out where they you know first round pick second round pick so you keep building this roster with uh you know athletes uh, like like evans uh if you if you could land him or um you know arian smith and guys like that some of these guys are going to hit you know and and some of these guys are going to hit big so um yeah i i think anthony evans is a another big time target in this class and uh that mcclendon's going after hard 
Yeah, and another guy that is lighting it up in in the track and field world is uh, Chris or Christopher Johnson um, out of out of Florida. Uh, he got he got an offer from Fran Brown. He's a, listed as a running back running back in the class of 2023, but he got an offer from Fran Brown and was in communication with Will with Will Muschamp. So Georgia is recruiting him as a defensive back. Um, and you know, he's going to be visiting soon. He's, he did also mention that Fran Brown is going to be down, uh, around his high school, um, and, in, in, in Florida, uh, on May 5th and 6th, I believe. So look for Fran Brown to be making a Florida swing. He's got all those, um, relationships down there that he's got to kind of keep, keep up with. So definitely a lot going on for these Georgia coaches, but, uh, guys, without further ado, let's say we get to the questions here, Jed, this, uh, this is going to be a two parter. I'm going to have to uh, switch it over. Uh, NY dog 34 posted one uh, so long. I had to put it as a YouTube comment. So, uh, go ahead and read that off for us. Yeah, here we go. First part, building upon Justin Rett's commitment and seeing Georgia increasingly recruit kids successfully on a national level. Is there potential backlash from athletes, coaches, or trainers within the states if there are growing perceptions that UGA isn't prioritizing athletes from Georgia as much as we have in the past? Yeah, I, I don't think you got to worry about that. Like 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 Trent said, I think that Kirby Smart being a, a guy who's so familiar with the the high school landscape, not only from his time at Alabama, because uh, don't forget Alabama recruited Georgia really hard when Kirby Smart was there as well. So uh, I believe that, that Georgia is going to be just fine. It's just about, you know, where does the talent lie? I think in the tw- class of 2024, you're going to see Georgia be a lot more – state of georgia heavy than they are this class yeah yeah i I, I look at that uh you know there is going at times you know there's going to be some uh, hurt feelings or you know there's going to be some uh last minute decisions business decisions and and um but at the end of the day you know the kirby's relationships that he's built you know he's been building since back in his you know lsu days or you know before that is uh is what he, he was the running back coach at Georgia in 2005. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he's been building these relationships for many, many years. And, and, uh, you know, at, you know, at times you, you have to make those business decisions or, or there might be some, you know, state of Georgia coaches that don't understand why so-and-so is being prioritized by Alabama, but not by Georgia. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, he still has those relationships and, and, um, you know, he, he's still going to have success in the state of Georgia but when you're recruiting at this kind of level, um, you know, sometimes you got to go outside the state and, and, and land what you need to win championships because ultimately that's what Kirby's got to do is win championships, and he knows that. Jed, I think that you were about to say, you know, I mean, the state of Alabama this year is just chock full of talent, whereas next year Georgia looks to be really, really strong. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like Trent said, Kirby's got to get the guys into the program that are going to win championships, and whether it's – this year where it's it's very Alabama heavy or next year. I mean, you look at Georgia next year, there's Daniel Calhoun, Sammy Brown, KJ Bolden. Um, I don't know. They're just those guys off the top of my head. I know I know there's I'm I'm missing a whole lot. But the point is, like you said, Blaine, the, the state of Georgia next year is looks like a really deep and talented class. So next year, it's like you said, you maintain these relationships, whether whether there's um star prospects at people's schools or not, and then they come in handy. In a year like 2024, when the when the stage is just super deep, 
And and what you got to understand is a lot of these high school coaches are looking to advance to the next level too. So, uh, you know, that relationship with, with guys like Kirby is, you know, could be a building block move, you know, in, in their future. So, um, yeah, just look at, uh, uh, smoke, smoke Bowie's coach it literally got to go with him to Texas A&M. Yep. So who knows what, what is, it's amazing how that stuff happens, you know, just, <laughs> just right with him. But anyways, uh, moving on, moving on from that. Well, Jed, we'll go to one of your favorite, uh, questioners here. PA dog six ten. with the amount of juniors and seniors on the defensive line. Does this seem like a position of need for the 23 class and how many prospects do we add? Yeah, uh, I mean, so when you're talking about defensive line, you know, you got to combine that with interior and edge. And I think when you're talking about edge prospects, uh, you're you're gonna have, you know, at least three to four, probably probably four, uh, because of you know, like losing a losing a Nolan Smith, losing a Robert Beal, uh, you know, just that in itself, the amount of experience. And then who knows, there could be some other guys burst onto the scene. You never know with the portal and how that's going to transpire. But Georgia's definitely going to go for three or four there. And I would imagine, I would imagine, Jed, at least two, maybe three on the interior. So you're talking a total, you know, anywhere from six to seven up front. Yeah, because it it seems like they would want another guy in the – the Bear Alexander type mold of, of the big guy in the middle, which right now they've Jamal got Jarrett. Jamal Jarrett, exactly. So then you look at, you know, guys more in, in that Kristen Miller mold. You've got there's Vic Burley out there. Um, you know, there, there's Caden McDonald's out there. Stephon Green is out there. Um, Justin Benton is out there still. So there, there's plenty of options. But yeah, like you said, I think you could, I mean, like I said, you could even break it down farther into the Jamal Jarrett category. Like he gets a category of his own and then you, you break it out into, more of those three tech guys, whether it's Burley and Green and Benton, those kind of guys. Yeah, Trent, what what are your thoughts on the defensive line in class twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, I think you you you're going to bring in. Uh, I mean, just from what they brought in the past couple classes, I think you're going to look at that three to four or five, you know, number. But you know, at the same time, I think you 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 concentrate more uh, landing your edge guys. Uh, you know at I, I, there's just not many defense linemen that play at the uh, same time for Georgia. So when you're filling that class with three or four every year, you really are building that depth. But at the same time, you want to build, uh, keep building it with three or four guys in this class. But um, you're only going to see uh, two or three of those guys on the field at the same time. So the key is just you know continue continue uh, loading up that depth uh, each class. But I don't think they're going to take a large amount of number uh, this this year just because of the junior seniors because I think they have sophomores and freshmen in there that are going to, um, you know, be forces to be reckoned with uh, in, in the next year or so. Yeah, I mean, you look at it now, they've got, you know, Gabriel Harris is is, is committed. We feel like uh, Georgia's in good place with Tamar and Parker, both those guys being being edge guys, and, and you know, they're still heavily recruiting uh, – you know, big baby Jordan Hall down out of Jacksonville, Florida, Jamal Jarrett. They're recruiting all of those, all those guys uh, heavily. So, you know, even if they just landed the the tippy top prospects up there, that would be one thing. James Smith, another one out of Carver. So, I mean, that's five right there. And you, you, you just, you know, the way recruiting works, it's very doubtful. They'll go five for five. So, um, and then it, then the question becomes, okay, 
how far down do they go? They've got interests, like I believe Jed mentioned, and Stephanie Green out of Rome, uh, who's a guy that could do different things. Vic Burley's out there. So I would say right on the board, there's anywhere between eight to ten guys that they're really, really highly considering. It's just is that number five total with edge and interior? Is it six? You know, how, how, how many end up, uh, you know, deciding to come on and, uh, and, and be part of the class? So let's go to a YouTube question. Real quick here. This is from Lee Munger. All right. It says, with the challenges that UGA has had consistently attracting Luther Burden, holding on to James, uh, Jermaine Burton, top wide receiver talent, should they switch to a more tight end focused passing game? Well, I think that's already there, Lee. Uh, you know, Brock Bowers almost became the first, you know, 1,000 yard Georgia receiver since Terrence Edwards. So, um, you know, I think you're already there, Trent. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think they're going to – I mean, they're not going to just – they got wide receivers in town uh, that they could be really big playmakers. But when you got Brock Bowers and you got uh, Darnell Washington, you got uh, Eric Gilbert um, and, and Oscar Delp, yeah, I mean, th- those guys are going to be uh, spotlighted, you know. I mean – why would how would offense coordinator not do that? So I think you got to play to your strengths year in and year out. You know, and back in 2018 or 17, they played. Uh, they had uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. You had to play to the to those um, the, to those strengths of, of your team. You had a freshman quarterback and you had two running backs. You know, it, it, this year you're you're going to be loaded with tight ends. Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, get those guys the ball. Um, but but I don't think. Uh, you know, I don't think this is going to hurt Georgia uh, recruiting standpoint at the wide receiver position because, you know, whether tight ends or wide receivers catching ball, I think the big thing was Georgia's a running team, Georgia's a running team. Well, if you're tossing the ball around, whether it's tight end or wide receiver, uh, I don't think that truly matters to a prospect because, you know, it is it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, but I, I, I do think Georgia will be a tight end heavy team this coming fall. Yeah, I mean, but I think, Jed, that Kirby Smart at this point, you're in more of those press conferences and and things than I am. You know, when it comes to Georgia and their offensive style, I think Kirby Smart views it more as who who's making plays, not not necessarily what position do they do they play, but where are our playmakers? He said it over and over with the Stetson Bennett thing: who gives us the best chance to win? Uh, so they want to get playmakers the ball in space, and I think that's why Brock Bowers earned all those targets and catches last year. Yeah, I mean it's a it's kind of a, a stupid coaching cliche at a point. Okay, get our best players the ball, but it's like Trent said, okay, twenty seventeen, it's it's the Nick Chubb and and Sony Michelle show, right? And then last year you've got Brock Bowers doing things that no tight end's ever done at Georgia before. So and when it comes to recruiting, you know, okay, say you're you're a a 23 receiver Kirby smart can spin it and say, okay, we've got a really deep tight end room. Defenses are going to focus on that. Come here and get one-on-one coverage and make, and, you know, beat the man across here and make plays. So you can spin it however you want. If, if you're a coach and recruiting, but I think it all comes down to, I think the bigger question, like you mentioned, Trent was the run, run, run. Like Georgia is a run first team and always will be negative recruiting standpoint that, that teams use. And now that's kind of been, debunked a little bit and so now we'll see with brian mcclendon on board if they get that elite guy in 23 or, or you know look forward in the 24 too absolutely so it's it's going to be interesting to see 
uh, how it turns out. But you kind of got the best of both worlds right now when you when you can go to recruits and say, listen, we, we need wide receiver. We need elite wide receivers right now. You got to come in and help us. But you can also go to tight ends and say, hey, look at what we're doing with the tight ends right now. So you can play both sides of the story there. All right, uh, Sandbar Bathroom says, is Haynes-Wilcox the most likely RB combo in the end, or will Arch Manning, will Arch committing, if he does, throw a wrench into everything on the offensive side? Uh, I mean, I think Arch committing to Georgia would be the wild card that changes a lot of things. He's got a great relationship with Ruben Owens, Del McGee, uh, you know, out there recently, uh, to, to see Ruben Owens, even though that Georgia's not been in great sh- uh, shape with him, that's that seems to um, have transpired here recently. So, you know, when you're talking about they're not giving up on those relationships, like you said, Trent, you know, it's it, it's keeping up with things because you never know what's going to happen with with Texas later on if Ruben does end up there and then, you know, maybe wants to transfer a year or two down the line. So who knows, but I think Justice Haynes is the main focus. They feel really good about where they're at with Richard Young as well. That would be an unbelievable duo. I don't think it's likely. Um, but, you know, Jamarian Wilcox, guys, he doesn't have a doesn't have an offer yet. So until they pull the trigger on the offer, that's that's something that remains to be seen. Yeah, and that'll be that'll be something that happens uh if it does happen this summer. Uh but yeah, I, I do think that if if Arch did commit it could it could throw a wrench in some you know office alignment maybe Ruben Owens definitely some wide receivers but at the same time Georgia's got their guys that there's they're not hanging their hat on hey we arch we need Arch Manning to come for this class to be where it needs to be I mean they're they got their focus on uh you know their core wide receivers their core offense linemen their core running backs if Arch jumps on Great, you might land a couple guys uh, that you might not uh, uh, if he doesn't jump on, but uh, but you, but you're still recruiting the same guys. So um, yeah, it, it could it could be a big factor, but I don't think it's going to throw a total wrench into things because a lot of these guys, the arches, uh, got his favorites, um, the his his close friends or the guys that might jump on board with him. Uh, you know that they, they got Georgia's favorites as well. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think there's a select few backs, but Jed, it could be. I think if they're if they do go deeper into the class to take a second back, I do think you know the the guys from the state of Georgia, whether it's Wilcox, whether it's uh, DJ Bra- uh, Braswell from down at Waco that that came up to visit and got offered for, by Alabama recently. You know, I think it will be a guy that that's in the in the state of Georgia if they elect to do that. Yeah, I think Wilcox and Braswell are the two guys you got to watch, which, like Trent said, that's going to be something. And just like they've got to come offer or come camp for an offer this summer, there could be a guy that's not even on our radar right now that shows up at a camp and, and blows the staff away that all of a sudden explodes onto the radar, too. So, like Heck, said, Andrew Paul got an offer two weeks before signing. Yeah. Day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's a broader story. When's the last time Dale McGee pulled a rabbit out of his hat at the, right before signing day? Yeah, that hasn't happened since February or last December. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be one of those things that it's the running back is going to be something to watch, um, over the summer, especially just with guys camping and potentially earning offers, all that kind of stuff. Got some, uh, interesting comments here in, in YouTube. Uh, don't, don't read on me or don't tread on me says, uh, I just don't think Haynes is as great as some thinks he is. Owens is a five-star. Those are behind him though. I, 
I vehemently disagree. I think Justice Haynes is is the total package, not only not only on the field but off. That young man is uh, put together, has a good head on his shoulders, and is as tough as a pine knot when it comes to running the football. has uh, has tremendous athleticism too. So I think he's very very good. Randy Gibson says, uh, "Why don't Georgia recruit speedy wide receivers like Isaiah McKenzie anymore?" I think that uh, Aaron Smith, C.J. Smith, and uh, you know uh, who's the wide receiver there? And Anthony Evans, Cole Spear. They they can all run. Uh, They can all run for sure. Uh, So they may not be the human joystick, the lateral quickness, but Lad McConkey's got that pretty pretty well under 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 wraps there, Trent. So I think it's just a matter of. You know, the rigged offense was more open and high-flying. It was. I mean, people got a little bit sp- – Georgia didn't have a good defense under Mark Rigged, but they threw the ball around, son. I mean, they did, and, and you know, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah I, I look back on that year where, uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron Murray was putting up, I think it was mid-40s points per game. They were losing games 48 to 44 and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, times have changed. If if Mark Rick had Kirby Smart's defense, he wins multiple national championships. And yeah. uh, that's just – I mean, his offense was just uh, very good. You know, back in the late uh, – I guess 2008, 2000, uh, you know, when you had Matthew Stafford and then you had Aaron Murray, uh, Aaron Murray come in. And, uh, and the offenses were very good, averaging a lot more than Georgia averages now because they play a different style of ball. But at the same time, if Georgia just had a defense um, back in 2012, if they had a uh, defense when you had Ogletree and those guys, you beat Alabama, you win the national championship because um, they were plenty good enough on offense those years. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you, you look at wide receivers and doing things with wide receivers back then Tavares King, uh, who I you know host a show with as well, he finished fifty yards from that thousand yard mark his his senior season nine hundred and fifty yards, and he always uh, laments a, a pass that he that he dropped uh, for like forty eight yards or something. He said so so uh, he he was real close to the, to the thousand yard mark. But yeah, the, the the speed is definitely still there at the wide receiver position. It's just Georgia utilizes it a little bit differently, and uh, we'll see. I mean. And we're leaving out Miko Hardman. I mean, Miko Hardman is pretty pretty fast uh, as well, and he was part of the the Kirby Smart era. So, all right, uh, Jed, what we got now? From Sauce, all on me. When can we pre-order a Manning jersey? Well, if you go to the Colts website, I bet they probably have some. You can uh, buy Den- Denver, enough. probably still some over Denver's in Denver. Some, yeah, the Giants have one too, but they usually burn them. So. Yeah, they usually burn. Even though that's unwarranted, I mean Eli Manning, he did some good stuff uh, with with the Giants, two Super Bowls. Man, can't take that away from him for sure. But uh, Arch, you know, I think that all the if you're reading the tea leaves, Dylan Lonergan, who was someone that that Todd Munkin and Buster Faulkner had spent a lot of time with Trent, they weren't just you know kicking the tires on him. They were fully vetting him to see if, okay, could he be our guy in the class of 2023? He comes out with a top five. Georgia's not in it. So that tells me that he knows that Georgia is either 100% totally all in Archer bust or that Arch Manning is, is getting closer and closer to making his way to, to Georgia. You see all these uh, schools, uh, Holstein, uh, from that was committed to uh, A and M at one point is now, you know, 
believe to be in very, very good standing with Alabama. Lonergan had Alabama in his top five as well. So you see Marcel Reed, who Georgia had a great relationship, go off the board today with Ole Miss. There's not many of these big-time quarterbacks remaining, Trent, in the class of 2023, and it seems like Texas and Georgia are the two that that aren't uh, aren't you know gonna gonna flinch right now when it comes to the Archman and sweepstakes. Yeah, and 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 you know I've I've kind of said this the past uh, couple episodes. I think Georgia's in a position where they can uh, afford to be Archer bus with what they have on campus. Now, at the same time, I think Georgia feels really good about where they stand with Arch at this at this point, and uh, and roughly so. They've they've got them on campus. They got the relationships. Um, they got everything that the Manning family is looking for in a school. Um, you know that Texas has the same things, but uh, I think the the coaching staff stability uh, of that is is something that that might weigh heavy at the end because you know in in, in four years or three years or however long. Uh, Manning's on on campus in college, he he pretty much knows for sure that Kirby Smart's going to be there. Uh, you know, and I'm not sure anybody can predict that at Texas the way they flip stuff around over there. So, uh, I think that's working in Georgia's favor. But yeah, I think Georgia's uh, sitting in a in a very good spot. And uh, you know, and, and if it at the end of the day he chooses to go elsewhere, I don't think Georgia's in dire need to uh, rush to another decision decision to pull in another quarterback um, with, with what they have on campus and what they, what they, uh, would sh- sh- uh, I guess, sh- sh- uh, showed in the spring game with Carson Beck and with uh, uh, those guys, Brock Vandiver. You, you got guys on campus that can um, make plays and, 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 and that are former five stars or high four stars or whatever. So, you you can you can take that year off if you need to and 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 focus on twenty four. But I do like where George stands. Yeah, and you know Quinn Ewers is at Texas, and if Quinn Ewers lives up to the, to the hype that that everybody says he is, I mean, you know, I know Arch Manning presumably is not going to care who's in front of him and and stuff like that because he is extremely talented, but. People are talking about Quinn Ewers being a, a you know Patrick Mahomes type talent, like with his with his arm strength and arm angles and how he's able to deliver the football. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, he might be the they, richest richest quarterback to come out of college. No doubt, no doubt. Got a quick mill over there at uh, Ohio State. Made it back, uh, run down to Austin, Texas, and they're not afraid to shell out the money over there. Thought it was interesting. Some math that was put out today. Uh, uh, Billy Lucy of Texas Ags put out that Texas A&M was building two hundred million dollars worth of uh, new facilities, and they had a hundred and seventy million already in their pocket. Hmm, that's thirty million short of what they could have had all up front. I wonder where that <laughs> other thirty million went. We'll see. Uh, hey, we didn't spend no money on that class. No <laughs> that's way. it. Slice bread, slice bread. Don't know what he's talking about. They're gonna all be right. hundred. They're gonna be sixty million short when uh, after this next recruit class. That's it, Jed. Yeah, what's up, dog? If we're fortunate to sign Arch, what are the chances that Brock Vandergriff or Gunnar Stockton will transfer out? At real high, real high. <laughs> And I think one of them could, but I still think you're you're in a position after this season as it's an open competition. Uh, I think it'll, a lot will depend on next spring because, uh, you know, you have a quarterback this year. He's graduating, I think. Um, maybe, maybe. I, I'm not really sure, but uh, he's graduating, supposed to, but it's for the third time. And uh, 
and then you're going to have an open competition next spring. So, so whether it's Carson Beck uh, or um, Vandegrift uh, or uh, Stockton, whoever wins that job, you might see oh, – you're probably going to see uh, one of the others, you know, move on. But you're also – if you throw Arch into that, then, uh, you know, you, you could have – you could have one year of Beck, then then turn it over to Arch, and then you might see them both transfer out. So, I think a lot depends on what happens next spring because I think it's just going to be an open competition come next spring for all those quarterbacks. But Trent Gunner Sutton has given his Boy Scouts honor word that he will never ever transfer out of the University of Georgia. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening over there, regardless sure. whether he whether he plays it down or not. So um, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening with these guys. But I think, uh, I think one of them would definitely leave. I mean, they, 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 what do you come, you're a five-star quarterback, a former five-star in Gunner, uh, Gunner's case, you, you come to Georgia, you come to play, right? And uh, I, you know, that, that there's only one quarterback on the field, so it's different. And I wouldn't blame any of them one bit if they ended up uh, going out of there. Cause those are, them are the rules, you know. I mean, you can you can leave now, so uh, and and do all that kind of stuff. Well, so one thing that I was, uh, you know, kind of pumped up about was Carson Beck uh, choosing not to transfer after the season and and you know throw his hat in that competition this spring. And it looks like he he made up uh, you know a lot of ground. I'm not saying he's going to be the starting quarterback this fall, but he looked very good in the spring game and uh, just him not choosing the. And just not electing to transfer out right after the season, and and you know willing to go and compete for that position, that was that was uh, fun to see. And Jed, by all indications, unless Carson Beck were to do something in the next six days, I think six seven days, which I all indications are that he's not. I think he's kind of bought into the idea of okay, even if I have to play one more year behind Stetson Bennett, I'm going to be really really well positioned to be the guy after that and i think he believes in the in the cast that he's going to have around him and you talk about uh you know there's a segment of the georgia fan base that loves stetson bennett for his story and what he did you talk about the chance to be a beloved uh hero if you're carson beck by by staying loyal and, and you know sticking it out and becoming the starter that way that would he would endear himself to the red and black uh faithful greatly yeah, I mean, everybody loves D.J. Shockley now, right? Because he, he sat around behind David Green for all those years and, and got his chances when they came in the 2005 when SEC Championship. So, um, yeah, if, if Beck hasn't transferred by now, it, it, it kind of doesn't seem like he's going to because why, why would you at this point? You go through this 2022 season as the backup and, and come in if Stetson gets hurt. And then, like you said, Trent, it's an open competition next spring. May the best man win. And then – if, if Beck loses that competition and wants to go elsewhere, then more power to him. At, at least he gave his best shot in Athens, and then, um, you know, he can he goes on his way after that. And Beck would have a leg up in that competition just for the time that he's been in the system. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's another, you know, big thing to watch. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like the fact that he stuck it out. I like how he looked in the spring game, and I think he's got a big arm and uh, – and you know, I mean, George Pickens elected to have him as his quarterback at the NFL um, pro day. So, I mean, that's a Gary Sullivan watching us from the from Bainbridge, hometown of Kirby Smart. We appreciate you tuning in, Gary. And everybody, if you don't already, that's a good uh, point to to bring up. Subscribe, like this video, 
um, share it with friends. You know, if you just hit the, the, the share button and, and take it to Facebook, take it to Twitter, that greatly helps us out. So we really appreciate it. Got a few more questions here that we'll, uh, that we'll go through. Maverick 4040, here any names of interest for portal additions? I haven't heard any of late. I know they were in on the receiver uh, from Louisville that, you know, they had at least kicked the tires receiver from Louisville that ended up going to Alabama. I know that uh, people are tired to hear, hear that said as well because, you know, Jameer Gibbs, it appeared there was back channeling there, um, but he ended up going to Alabama. So uh, it's, you know, nobody imminent right now, uh, but we'll learn a lot here in the next three or four days because, one, Jed – Georgia is well over the the 85 right now. I think they're at 89 or 90, some, something along those lines of scholarships. So they would have to see several, uh, you know, several subtractions off this roster before they'd be able to add anybody. You know, I was told when I took this job there would be no math, and, and clearly I was lied to. Um, that's, that's a lie that's, because you're going to be asked how many Georgia's going to take a hundred <laughs> times. So that's, uh, that's, that's something I'll take up with Roddy later, but no, um, yeah, it, it's something that is, is talked about on the board a lot. And I, I guess all we can really say at this point is that it, it's going to happen. You know, the, the subtractions you mentioned, Blaine, the, the portal additions, whether it's a safety, a, another receiver, um, you know, and I think it's a, a safety, a, a true, guy that can be a plug and play type receiver right away and an edge guy or really the yeah. maybe an experienced interior defensive lineman uh but that and or a linebacker um but those would be the main focuses there yeah so i guess i guess all we really know at this point is that it is is gonna happen and it, it's with with the calendar the way it is it's it's gotta happen soon um but it's it's anybody's guess really when um when 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 all this stuff's gonna come official yeah, I mean, you know, with NIL now, I'm sure there's going to be uh, these uh, financial advisors and managers that these guys have that all of a sudden, you know, before May 1st, start getting getting some phone calls, and then you might see some names pop in the portal. So that's just how it works these days, guys. There, there is nobody that's Lily White in this deal. I'm just telling you, everybody, it's 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 all over the place with this NIL and things like that now. So uh, it'll be, it's going to happen. There's going to be guys that pop into the portal, guys that aren't even in there yet that Georgia's going to uh, have interest in. in interest in so uh just be patient on that by may 1st it all uh all shake out with who who the options are at least and then lastly uh pine tree kind of follows up on that saying is bama gonna leave any good portal players for anyone else uh they certainly have cleaned up uh trent but they gotta even Saban can't get around the the scholarship limit so eventually they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be out unless he just you know starts telling players to leave yeah and i think this is a big uh, how how things have changed. I know the whole recruiting landscape have changed, but you you saw those true freshmen come in for Alabama last year, and um, or those younger wide receivers come in when uh, their big guys went down, like Jameson Williams, and you know I think Saban could see it that hey these guys are not up to par to be able to you know Ross Young needs more weapons next year. I guess I'd say and. Um, he went out and got some weapons for Bryce Young, and yes, they they landed um, what's his name down at LSU from LSU. But uh, but yes, they 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 played up. Elias Ricks. But at the same time, I think that is a, a thing of how this recruiting has changed and how Kirby has kind of um, 
you know, I guess out-recruited him at times uh, over the past four or five years where Alabama didn't have that challenge on the recruiting trail, you know, before Kirby took over at Georgia. Um, so I think Kirby's done a great job recruiting. I think he's got guys, uh, you know, ready to go in place. And I think, you, you know, you'll see him fill a couple holes like he did, you know, last year at cornerback. Uh, at but um, I don't think you'd see as much movement in the portal just for the simple fact that they've been able to uh, – uh, recruit at a higher level and uh, retain some of these guys like your Marius Mims and, uh, you know, Darnell Washington, I guess, up to this point. Yeah, and, you know, the, the receiver from Louisville, I think Harold's his last name. I, I, I'm not as uh, schooled with that, as, but with Harold and Burton being there, you know, sure, does Alabama maybe have a, a higher ceiling on a couple of those guys at top end? But I think you could – easily argue that with the receivers that Georgia has returning uh, and the young guys that are starting to step up like the Jackson Meeks and things like that, plus that tight end room, they've got as many weapons or more weapons than, than Alabama has. And that to your point, Trent, that's because of the recruiting that's been done in the past. Yeah. And I still think Aaron Smith is a guy who, who could just have a breakout monster year as one of those guys could put up, you know, 700, 800 yards. Um, in, in a unlike offense. unlike 12 catches <laughs> yeah i mean and this is a guy who, who averages like 74 yards a catch i mean just throw the ball up to him so if he could ever play a full season which maybe this is this coming season is the year um he could be that breakout guy i mean similar to this louisville guy that but you, you hear more about this guy because he is uh he, he has done it he has put up the stats and uh but i think arian smith can be every bit of a weapon for this georgia offense if he can just stay healthy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be in, interesting to see. Um, Jed, any uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here. Any Anything uh, coming up uh, that we got for people over on UGA Sports you're going to be working on soon? Hopefully I'm going to have a story on uh, Justin Wright for you guys soon. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we got to start getting out on the road soon. So I'm planning to go see Caleb Downs tomorrow over at Mill Creek and maybe a – Madden Sanker on Wednesday. So, and then, uh, then it's going to be summertime and then officials are going to get started again and, and camps and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, stay tuned. Yeah. That, that first, uh, that first weekend in June, I know Justice Haynes is coming in. I think CJ Allen will be in town. Well, Jerry's uh, official that weekend. And, and we did talk about, uh, I did say we were going to talk about who's, who's kind of next, maybe, you know, guys that, if you had to go out on a limb and say guys that that you think are close uh, to to you know committing guys that you could be on the watch for, you know I know I know Georgia's in a good spot with a guy like uh, like a Daniel Harris. I know that that Georgia uh, obviously works really really hard on trying to get jo- Jonelle Aguero. I know LSU and Alabama are working hard there as well, but he's a guy that Georgia has felt they've been in <laughs> great shape with throughout things. It'll be interesting to see, does Justice Haynes make it out of that official visit with uh, Georgia without committing to Georgia? I mean, because you know that they're, they're going to pull out all the stops uh, there. So we'll, we'll see what, what happens there. Trent, any any guys that you got that maybe we should keep an eye on here uh, coming up? Or maybe Hakeem, Hakeem Williams? I mean, he keeps showing up at Georgia. Uh, could he, I know he's got a, a official visit set up in June sometime with Pitt, but um, it seems like uh, – him and Anthony Evans are two wide receivers to keep your eyes on. Yeah, I mean, besides uh, Arch Manning and uh, I'm just 
<laughs> Trent keeps I suddenly this hitting out We're, talking about, We're not talking about silent commits. We're talking about guys who could commit. So. I just uh, want people to. I just want people to get Trent Smallwood trending on Twitter because. Trent Smallwood predicts hey, that Arch Manning is going to Georgia. It, it hit the vault. It hit the vault in less than uh, you know twenty five seconds last week. So um, that's it. Let's get it on Twitter. Hashtag Trent <laughs> says Arch to Georgia. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm interested to see these Georgia guys, like in state guys, coming in this summer. That um, you know, I guess some of them will count for an offer. But then you got guys like Justice Haynes and Madden Sanker and guys like that will come in for visits this summer. And I'm interested to see if they will leave that visit or you know shortly after without committing to georgia because uh you know georgia has their top guys on board but they also you know they they also preach about hey we're, we're gonna fill up spots we're gonna fill up spots and yeah guys like justice haynes will have a spot to the end but a lot of these guys want to jump on board because they like to get these in-state guys in as recruiters and uh to, to start you know recruiting for the, for, for the staff. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if any of these in-state guys, the guys I mentioned, uh, leave uncommitted. Yeah. And I think they'll have some of their guys uh, that have been the, the leaders in the class, like a, a Pierce Sperlin or Raymond Cottrell that that'll be in, in there that during that first weekend of official visits. So it will be interesting to see how all that, uh, all that transpires. But guys, that is this episode of UGA sports rumors versus facts for uh we we do this every monday night at 8 15 so for trent smallwood and jed may i am blaine gilmer and we will catch you guys next time